it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is a big Wednesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not getting on to the presidential debate stage tonight. No, eight Republicans are in an attempt to become the next Republican representative on the presidential ballot. Wrong. Well, the word on the street is Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mike Pence, Chris Christie. There's a slob. There's a real slob. The point is they'll all be making the case to be the nominee instead of one Donald Trump. And that's certainly going to take center stage on today's show uh, at 888-788-9910. We normally open with a lot of razzle-dazzle. You know, balloon animals, card tricks, things that will distract you from my glaring lack of intellect. But as we get on the air right now, really quickly, um, just sending our thoughts towards the listeners at Beaver County Radio and WJAS out in Pittsburgh. We have an active shooting situation unfolding right now in Pittsburgh as we get on the air. We're going to continue to monitor the situation. But what we do know uh, is sheriff deputies, sheriff's deputies engaged in a shootout in the Garfield neighborhood of Pittsburgh. Uh, They were attempting, I believe, to serve an eviction notice uh, on a suspect who then began firing at them. We know at one point deputies reportedly ran out of ammunition, and it appears to still be happening in real time. We don't have any other updates, but this is a show, of course, uh, that goes across America. And uh, with great care and consideration at that, so knowing what we know, we will continue to update you on that story as the show unfolds. 888-788. Nine nine one zero. If you have anything you can contribute at this moment, uh, if you want to weigh in today, of course, on the debates, we're going to get into that as well. Morgan Artagas is going to be here, GOP strategist. Aaron Perini, who, of course, is working on the DeSantis campaign right now. And if you've been looking at the polls right now for DeSantis, this could be a problem. He's probably the guy with the most to lose tonight on the stage. And we'll get into that. But the rules the same. Okay, on debate night or any other night, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a. There it is. Happy Wednesday, Uh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Rough way to start a show. Uh, And these situations are all too common in our country right now. And it's always sad to hear uh, that something's going on anywhere in the world, uh, let alone in some place that matters as much to me as Pittsburgh. I mean, if you listen to this show, you know, my uncle Sam and my family is out there in the Ambridge area. A lot of big Steeler fans and. You know, I'm not trying to make a superficial comment. I'm just here to tell you that I have so many fond memories of that area that this one holds particular reverence for me. Uh, And uh, it's, you know, something we're just going to have to do our best to update you on as data becomes available. I mean, right now, the active Chiron on every news channel is active shooting situation underway in Pittsburgh. So there's not much I can offer beyond that. So a quick pivot and a quick prayer for the people out in Pennsylvania. Uh, As it pertains to Wisconsin, 
a state that really matters. If you want to win the White House, Wisconsin matters. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Oh, she approved the message, but did she actually go to Wisconsin? The answer would be no. No, Hillary did not. After losing Wisconsin in the primaries to Bernie Sanders in 2016, she never went back to the key battleground state once. What an idiot. She was a terrible candidate, but the case being made today by the eight fellas that will make it onto the stage, and excuse me, seven fellas, one woman, Nikki Haley. Uh, the case being made today is that they are better candidates than Hillary or even, per se, you know, Donald Trump or even Joe Biden. Uh, but the center stage for me and the guy who really has it all on the line tonight really is Ron DeSantis. And the reason I say that is because DeSantis's poll numbers are going backwards right now. That can't be good. Okay. The previous low was 23%. He's now down to 12%. Vivek Ramaswamy in some polls has passed him when it comes to the gambling odds in Vegas, which are usually a good indicator. Trump is still the overwhelming favorite. Okay, but DeSantis, a guy who got into this race with the most money, with the most hype, the most well-heeled donors, has been going backwards since entering the race. And it very much is shaking up to be a do-or-die night for him tonight because what you're hearing more and more about today as we head into the debate is not who's on the stage but who's not on the stage. And I'm not just talking about Trump. Right now there are so many rumblings in Washington, D.C. about the fact that Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin could get into this race, that Georgia Governor Brian Kemp could get into this race. And understand you don't start hearing about other governors entering the race at this advanced stage unless the current governor isn't winning people over. I think he's got a point. DeSantis has underwhelmed dramatically. He was the hot pick. He waited the longest to get into the race just because he had a supermajority down in Florida and they were making all types of legislative moves, okay, many of which we support and agree with. That being said, he has proven to be an underwhelming candidate. Okay, they demonstrated very poor judgment when they launched this campaign on Twitter because it was a Twitter Spaces event that had never been tested on that scale. And Ron DeSantis took his biggest event of his political career and tested it uh, and banked it on an unproven technology. That's stupid. Use your common sense. A lot of people felt that way at the time, and it famously crashed. Now, it wasn't the end of his campaign. But it certainly demonstrated bad instincts to me, either by him or whoever was running the campaign at the time. Now, we do know there's been turnover in the campaign. He's on the second campaign manager. They've laid off a lot of you know staff. But some of the numbers I can give you, just to give you an understanding of what's going on, is that they're spending $40 million on Tim Scott in Iowa. Okay, the big money people who throw that kind of money around aren't doing so. If they're, you know, they just think it's fun. They just need something. They're just killing time. Okay, they're throwing that money behind Tim Scott because they're not crazy about what they've seen from DeSantis. You're hearing conversations about what? Like I said, Youngkin and Brian Kemp, because they're not crazy about Ron DeSantis. DeSantis right now is in second place in the overall polling. Okay, 53% of Republican primary voters prefer Trump. Okay, DeSantis trails him by 37 points. So if he's going to start closing that gap, like this is a now or never night for him. You know, if somebody else overshadows him and has a big night, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy gets a lot of press right now. And he's kind of a, you know, hip, hip candidate. You've heard him on this show, but, you know, you see him out there rapping and playing tennis with no shirt on, 
he's kind of running for class president more than he's running for actual president. But he's an expert communicator, and he has kind of caught the field by surprise and that no one took him seriously, but he's managed to get himself all the way up to double digits in the polls. Does that mean he's going to win the thing? I have no idea. But what it does mean is if anybody other than Ron DeSantis is considered the star of tonight's debate, when it comes to his money situation, he's finished. Okay, they will not continue to donate to him on the level that they have. And you will hear more rumblings about Yunkin. You'll hear more rumblings about Brian Kemp. And certainly whoever emerges tonight is the media darling in the aftermath of the debate. So DeSantis, for my money, has the most on the line. Okay, most of the candidates on this stage, let's be realistic, have nowhere to go but up because they're all at the bottom. You know, you're talking about guys polling at 1% and 2%, barely meeting the, you know, the donor threshold. Okay, so... In their position, they can only hope to gain relevance. You know, they can only hope that something they do tonight sparks a conversation that makes us take a second look at their campaign. Okay, but in DeSantis's situation, he's gotten a lot of looks and none of it's worked out for him very well. Let me give you some Tim Scott. He was on with Martha McCallum, one of the co-moderators of tonight's debate, talking about his own preparation. This is clip four. Mostly uh, spending time studying, of course, but also in prayer hanging out with family, and just really enjoying how blessed it is to be an American. I'm so proud to be an American. I think back to the kid who was growing up in poverty in a single-parent household and now running for president of the United States. Only possible in America. It's a great story. And you do have to love the optimism of Tim Scott and, of course, the threat he poses to the Democratic Party because most of what they do at a national level, most of what they do is just call the Republican racist. That's all the vote for us because the other guys are racist. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. I mean, that's basically been the M.O. since Obama made it to the Oval Office. OK, Obama, to be clear, ran on a different was a different candidate than the platform the Democrats, you know, openly weaponized once he got into office. You know, we ran on Yes, We Can and We're Going to Be United and all of that good stuff. And the minute he got into office, every time there was a policy disagreement, the Democrats were like, well, what's so different about this guy that the Republicans won't go along with his ideas? This is politics as usual. That's all it was. They weaponized race. And it's something Tim Scott loves to call them out for doing. The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument. And he's not wrong. So the problem they have with Tim Scott is if he's the breakout star tonight, and you, you guys know if you listen to the show, I like him a lot. I get on with him well when he's on the show because there's a person behind the policies. He could talk sports with you. He could talk movies with you. You know, it's obviously great reverence for his 96-year-old mother. And uh, the thing I like about him is he forces America to an honest conversation about race, not the pretend one the Democrats get away with every time the Republicans nominate another white guy, but the real conversation taking place in congressional districts all around the country where a growing number of black conservatives are now you know, gobbling up huge positions in our government. You're talking about guys like Byron Donalds, the committees they're on, Wesley Hunt, you know. Tim Scott, of course, the first black American elected to both houses of Congress, is somebody that represents a different Republican Party than the one we frequently get characterized as being. So he probably has the most upward mobility in the general election, but obviously none of that matters if you don't get out of the primary round. 
Okay, Vivek, he's kind of up and coming, but he also has some real dopey comments about 9-11 right now that are kind of coming back to bite him in the butt. Uh, And he got into that with Martha McCallum yesterday. Let me give it to you really quick. It is clip one. I think it is legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were on the planes that hit the Twin Towers. Like, I think we want it. Maybe the answer is zero. Probably a zero for all I know, right? I have no reason to think it was anything other than zero. But if we're doing a comprehensive assessment of what happened on 9-11, we have a 9-11 commission, absolutely that should be an answer the public knows the answer to. Well, if we're doing a January 6th commission, absolutely those should be questions that we should get to the bottom of. So he's talking about a legitimate commission on 9-11, leaving open the possibilities that there were federal agents on the plane. I got to be honest with you, not the best comments. You're an idiot! He was asked about it by Martha. Okay, so the clip I just played you was Vivek talking to The Atlantic, questioning who was on the planes on 9-11. Here is Vivek being pressed on it by Martha, clip two. Do you think there were federal agents on planes on on September 11th? Of course not. Who were part of the attack on the Twin Towers? Uh, Per the clip that you just played, of course not was my point. However, I have a very different view of January 6th. We know for sure there were federal agents were in the field. Were you conflating the two things when you were talking about them? No, I think the reporter asked about him in a combined manner. He said, why should we ask that question if you're not asking it of 9-11? I said, you know what? I always favor getting to the truth of what the government tells us. So I don't think it's him flat out saying the government flew the planes into the buildings. But it's certainly something that's being spun as an unforced error. And it's something guys like DeSantis better jump in on. Okay, they have to. And that's the thing about tonight. Okay, obviously, I'm excited because I love the nominating process. I'm a huge fan of Martha and Brett. You hear Martha on the show quite a bit. I had the honor of having her attend one of my stand up shows in the spring in in New Jersey, of all places. Can you imagine how cool it is to see the woman who moderates the presidential debates sitting in the front row? I mean, it's amazing. It's like an absolute life highlight for me. Really was. But what I'm fascinated by when it comes to the nominating process is my, you know, appreciation and fondness for sports, because now we begin the battle royal portion of the of the presidential nominating season. They get on stage, they get in the ring together and they start trading shots on the stage, trading punches, roundhouse rights, big left hooks, counter punches, stuff like that. And I love this. Because the one thing everyone's been trying to say is, well, if Trump doesn't go, who cares? Who cares if Trump doesn't go? It doesn't matter. But it's actually different because this is the thing, okay? If Trump is in the room, okay, obviously he takes all the oxygen out of the room. He's going to get attacked. He's going to land a lot of jokes. He's going to be funny. He's going to dominate, okay? For every single guy on that stage tonight, they are thrilled Trump is not on that stage. They don't say that. Oh, I should debate. He's a coward, okay? But they're thrilled because it means more airtime for them. Because here's the truth. There's a lot of desperation on that stage tonight. A lot of guys, not just Ron DeSantis, who are running low on funding. Most of the guys don't have it to begin with. Most of their funding's coming from themselves. You know, but for the people that are banking on big donors, for the people that are trying to keep Glenn Youngkin sidelined, for the people that are trying to keep Brian Kemp sidelined, You know, I'm heading off to Las Vegas Friday, the home of the king, Elvis Presley, you know, where he did his residency. Elvis liked to sing a song, It's Now or Never. And if you're Ron DeSantis, if you're Tim Scott, if you're Nikki Haley, if you're Mike Pence, if you're Vivek Ramaswamy, if you're Doug Burgum, if you're Chris Christie, tonight is now or never. And we're going to get some wild fights out there on the stage.
And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. I'm going to make the case that under Joe Biden, this country is in decline. We need to send Biden back to his basement in Delaware and reverse the country's decline. And I'm the guy that can do it. I've proven it in the state of Florida, uh, and I won't let people down as the next president. Of anyone on that stage, uh, I'm the only one whose sole purpose is running to be the 47th president of the United States and to reverse this country's decline. I'm not running to be vice president. I'm not running uh, to be in the cabinet, and I'm not running to be a contributor uh, on cable news. Uh, We're running to win. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. DeSantis fired up. And it is, he has to be. I mean, this is it for DeSantis. Like right now, he is traveling in Scott Walker territory uh, as the governor who came into this thing with all the hype in the world, all the money, odds on favorite. This is the guy who's going to take this thing. DeSantis is trending backwards. It doesn't mean he's out. It doesn't mean it's over. Okay, a lot can change. Sadly, Trump is about to get arrested again tomorrow. Okay, I mean, my what a time to be alive. The front runner up by 40 points on the verge of going to jail. What the hell is the world coming to? But understand, people have lost so much faith in the DOJ and a lot of what looked to be, you know, political persecutions. The thing in New York is obviously a joke. What's going down in Georgia seems very curiously timed. Anytime you see a guy get indicted for something in the middle of an election that he could have gotten indicted for a year ago or the year before that, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, if there's more to this than just the law. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. And when you look closely, you realize that it is. Okay. You got a woman down in Georgia who's running for re-election, who is fundraising off of the indictment. She doesn't need to convict him. She just needs the hype that comes from indicting him. And that's a lot of what's going on. So the fact remains, indictments are not hurting Trump in the primaries. But if one of these candidates is going to, they need to really have a night tonight. okay? and if you're DeSantis, the only way, okay? if Yunkin gets into this race, if Kemp gets into this race, DeSantis is finished, okay? because there goes the fundraising, which was the one advantage he had. So I don't doubt they are prepping within an inch of their lives for this one tonight because this is it, man. It's the bottom of the ninth for that guy. It's the late, great Yogi Berra says it gets late early around here. We did not expect DeSantis to be up against the ropes heading into the first debate, but here we are. So he better come out swinging on that stage. You've got to get mad. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing. 888-788-9910. First GOP primary debate going down tonight. My question for you, the listener. Who do you got? Who are you tuning in tonight to see? Is there a specific candidate you're focused on? Do you not care because there's no Trump? 
I'm taking my Trump and going home. Like, where are you on this deal? Because I got to be honest with you. For me, I'm heavily, heavily focused on DeSantis, if for no other reason than because when you look at the polling right now. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. So I'm expecting, you know, probably the wildest night out of him, only because, you know, he's up. He really is up against it. Okay. Who are you looking for? Who are you watching? Uh, what what issue are you focused on? You know, as we go into it, the polling tells us the number one issue is the economy. But when you look around the country at the border and the price of things. Biden is such a disaster. Anything could be the number one issue the way things are going, because we're in a situation right now where I've got to be honest, it's not going great. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. A lot of stupid people in D.C. So I think rather than focusing on what the polls tell us, we should be polling the audience of this fine program. 888-788-9910. Who are you focused on? What are you focused on in tonight's debate? It's like a pregame show. You know when you put on a big ball game and they go to the experts, well, I'm looking at this matchup between the cornerback and the wide receiver. Okay, that's what we want from you tonight. You get to use the Madden Telestrator. Over here, you got Vivek Ramaswamy. Bam! He's hitting tennis balls. You got Mike Pence on the side. Boom! You know, this is your Madden Telestrator moment. 888-788-9910. That's what we want to know from you. Uh, Let me give you a little more color because Scott Walker, he was, of course, supposed to be the next president of the United States when he got into the race as a former governor of Wisconsin. I mean, just an abject flameout heading into 2016. And it's a lot of what things are looking like from DeSantis. Neil Cavuto had Walker on yesterday, and Walker was giving him campaign tips. You know, presidential campaign tips from Scott Walker. What's next, Neil? Are you going to get marriage advice from OJ? Come on, man. And I love Cavuto. That's why I'm making fun of him. It's one of my favorite guys to run into here. But I still got to laugh at the idea of Scott Walker. Uh, but then again, he's he's walked this line. He came into this race with the money and the hype and everything in between and got smoked. So here is Walker assessing Ron DeSantis's campaign. Clip six. Well, I think he's got to come out with uh, two or three maybe big, bold ideas that he hasn't talked about up until this point. Remember, those first couple debates, uh, then candidate Donald Trump started talking about building the wall. I talked about draining the swamp. These were things that he articulated boldly and aggressively with passion at the, the first couple debates, and then he burned it in on the campaign trail. So far, none of the candidates have been able to effectively do that for DeSantis or any of the others to break through. They've got to have those kind of moments. Forget about the script. Get out and look right into the camera. Look at the people, the millions of people who will be tuned into Fox tomorrow night and tell your story. Now, there he's not wrong. Okay, you're going to have millions of people watching. You've got a story to tell. And this has been the biggest challenge for DeSantis. You have to be a person. Okay, we know he has money. We know he's been an effective governor. To be clear, he's been a phenomenal governor. I, I, I wish I lived in a state doing as well as Florida. So I'm not disparaging his leadership. But the big mark against DeSantis right now is that he struggled to connect with people on a human level. So I think rather than having a rehearsed cheat sheet of, you know, we're going to drop this line here and we're going to go after that guy there, I think what you got to do 
and I really mean this, and I say this is the key to me kind of looking like I know what I do, I'm doing on TV. Because to be clear, I don't, okay? Everybody I'm surrounded by on TV is like super educated, really smart. They grew up in politics. Okay, in my situation, you know, I'm giving you kind of an everyman analysis. That's my point of entry into politics is that I'm one of you. But the way you do so effectively is by listening. You don't show up to talk. You show up to listen. Because if you listen to the conversation taking place, you'll see openings where what you're saying will connect on a human level because it belongs in the conversation everyone's having. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And what happens a lot to politicians is if you show up and you're too scripted, you got, I got this great point I'm going to make. One of my favorite moments in the history of debates ever was when Mike Pence gutted Tim Kaine in the 2016 VP uh, vice presidential debates. It was a really funny moment because Tim Kaine used a classic contrived political line. And it was, oh, what a dagger Penn stuck at him. So Tim Kaine was, they were debating on the economy. And Tim Kaine was trying to belittle Trump as a reality show president. And he goes, America doesn't need a president that says you're fired. They need a president that says You're hired. That was absolutely dreadful. And because he landed the line with that level of emotion, not you're fired, you're hired, and no one applauded, it just hung in the room like death. And then Pence goes, you and your running mate like to use a lot of them pre-did lines. And like you could just feel the pain. It was like such a body blow. But it was a moment of pure humanity from Pence going up against a contrived politician. And that's the challenge tonight. The guy that gets on camera and has a real human connection with the audience has a real chance to break through. I'm talking 20 points in the polls by being the star of tonight's debates. Like legitimately, if they can really break through and articulate a good policy vision for the future of the country, okay, in the long run, I'm not saying Trump's not going to get the nomination, but it will become a liability to be in court five times a week for a major party nominee. So you're kidding yourself if you don't think there's an opening right now for another candidate to get in there and make the case we'd be better off running them. Okay, the problem everybody on that debate stage has tonight is so far nobody's been able to make the case that we'd be better off running them. So this is it. Uh, Linda is out in the lake of the Ozarks. We'll start with her analysis first. Yo, Linda. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch. However, this Ramaswamy seems to be gathering steam, but he's out as far as I'm concerned. Uh-oh, what did he do? Well, the first thing he did was accept money from George Soros and tried to hide the fact. Ooh. And then he said he wants to cut aid to Israel. So in my mind, the first explains the second. Okay. That's three strikes against him as far as I can see. That's fair. Okay, his counter to the Soros thing is that he, you know, he was already a millionaire. He didn't need the money, but he took the money. So it's like we're kind of splitting the hairs there. Uh, Any, yep. Anybody who takes money from Soros, I mark off immediately. Fair. And uh, listen, if you're, if you're not going to support Israel, you are better off in the Democratic Party, to be clear. You know, that's at that's AOC Il- Ilhan Omar stuff all the way. So, I mean, you're well within your rights to feel that way. Is there anybody else you're looking at? Uh, 
I'm, gonna, go ahead. I'm just going to have an open mind and listen. I, I'm not impressed with Pence at all. <laughs> um, I really like Nikki Haley personally. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I've just got to wait and see how it Fair. plays out. Fair. I, I, I do think uh-huh. I, I, I love Trump, but I really do not want him to be the nominee uh-huh. because we need to get some Democrat votes, we need to get the independent votes, mm-hmm. and the Democrats have been so good at demonizing mm-hmm. Donald Trump for five, seven years. Yep. It, it, everybody's already made up their mind. Either you like him or you hate him, and there's not going to be any middle. No, and you know, you're not wrong about that. That's what a lot of people are discounting, is that the Democrats, it's worked for them. They have convinced people that Trump is the devil, and you don't generally get undeviled. You know what I'm saying? If somebody in, exactly. in their eyes. So he's got a lot of work to do. They all do. It's going to be a good food, food fight. Uh, are you be, are you watching this or are you going to be on oh. the lake with the rest of the KRMS no, listeners? No, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. All right. Well, just you stay out of the water until the campaign <laughs> drinking's done. OK, Linda? OK. Be thanks. well, girlfriend. There you go. Uh, Linda says she has had it. She has had it with Vivek Ramaswamy. Get him out of here. Get him out. But then again, she did say she's had it with Trump, too. Get her out. Get her out of here. It's a nuanced situation. Rich is down in Tampa, Florida. Yo, Rich. Hey, how you doing? My man. Hey, I'm not sure if you've seen or not, but there was a leak from one of the packs that was was supporting um, DeSantis saying he needs to go after Vivek. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he does do that, and, and I'm going to be yep. watching, okay. Uh, if he does do something like that, I think he's gonna it's gonna blow up on him because Vivek's very you know sharp, and I think yep. he won't have any problem you know defending any attacks from DeSantis or anyone for that matter. No, uh, there's one thing. He's a great. He is a very good communicator. He's very smooth. Um, and and the truth is. The guy who's going to break through tonight is just the guy that's going to have the best connection with the audience, you know, and that's that's it. Like, may, I would be out there making my own case. That's what I would be doing. Any of like the pre-calculated attack lines that politicians have written up for them look terrible when they don't land. And if you're struggling to be authentic, the last thing you need is a canned joke that doesn't go over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. And speaking of jokes, I do have a joke for you. Oh, come on. Get, hold on a second. Let me just have Josh get the dump button ready just in case. No, no, it's clean. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, uh, what's Democrats' favorite kind of math? Uh-oh. Go ahead. Division. <laughs> Very good. I liked it. Take a bow. Uh, you are a finalist on a Fox Across America's Got Talent, Rich. We'll call you for the next round. And, and be welcome to uh, spread that joke. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks, brother, man. There goes Rich. He's giving away jokes. That's it's how well they're doing down in Florida. The joke writers can just call in and give them away. There's no Hollywood strike down there. They're thriving under that DeSantis leadership. Jacob is out in Ohio, Jenny Fala territory. Yo, Jacob. What's up, Jimmy? My I man. Saw you in, I saw you in St. Mary's, Ohio, the comedia show, and you, you killed it. Yo, that's the spirit. That was a great theater, wasn't it? It was amazing, and I I told you after the show you're better than Dave Chappelle, and I still stand by that. Oh, buddy. Well, I'm going to get Chappelle on the line here, relay your thoughts. He's going to beat you up next time you're down near Dayton. That's the only problem. Yeah. You're going to get jumped at the at the rally or whatever the hell they're eating on the side of Route 75 down there. But um, thanks for that, Jacob. Your, mean, your, your kind words go a long way, and I will definitely share them with the voices in my head. Uh, if I was up on the debate stage tonight, 
Uh, who would you consider the most formidable foe to be? Who do you think the best guy on the stage tonight is, or who are you looking forward to watching? I'm looking forward to see Vivek, but okay. I just heard the uh, two mm-hmm. callers ago saying he took money from Soros. I haven't heard that. Mm-hmm. That would honestly be a big negative well, on him. It's a weird story. So here's the deal. What he took was it was a Soros scholarship, okay? He claimed okay. he needed it in order to pay for law school. But the report shows that he was already a millionaire when he took the scholarship. What happens a lot in politics, okay, is a lot of the guys who wind up running for president didn't know they'd be running for president five years ago or 10 years ago. So they committed a lot of offenses that would seem disqualifying today, but they might not have known better on then. So, again, Soros is a deal breaker for me. But if the guy can get out there and give a compelling vision for the country and do a great job, I can look past $90,000 knowing this guy's like a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. If $90,000 matters if you got 100000 to your name, but if you've got a billion to your name, I don't know that the 90 is going to change your worldview on behalf of the guy who gave it to you. Um, But it's, you know, potential demerit. But I think he's going to do good. I mean, what do you think of... What do you think Chris Christie's going to do? You think he's just going to attack Trump all night? He's just going to throw stuff up and hope it sticks. That's all he's going to do. He's going to mm-hmm. fling insults. I can't stand him, <laughs> and I don't. I can't see myself voting for anyone on this stage. That's. I mean, um, I'm obviously mm-hmm. a Trump fan, but yeah, I I I would vote for Robert Kennedy Jr. before these guys, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I, I got to be honest. The RFK, like the Democrats, are giving him the old shutout. They're not even they're they're not even they would rather talk about Ted Kennedy's driving than Robert Kennedy's campaign. It's crazy. Yeah, I I hate seeing that. Yeah, I wish Trump mm -hmm. I wish Trump would participate on these debates. I think Mm -hmm. I think it'd be good to see that. Yeah, it's a, I don't it, like that he's sitting out. No, me neither, because the thing is you need to get Democrats. You need to get liberals to support you, and every opportunity to reach them on, like, a broad scale like this is a good one. So yeah, for my exactly. money, especially because, like, his strategy is he's not going to debate. He's going to overshadow it tomorrow by turning himself in in Georgia. So when everyone gets out of bed tomorrow and you expect us to be talking about how the debate went, Trump's going to steal the spotlight by getting arrested, which is, again— Yes, he'll get all the headlines, but I don't know that getting arrested is going to get the women who won't vote for you to go, you know what, on second thought, he looks good in those cuffs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, no, it's never, yeah, yep. never a good thing. So, listen, I know you've got Melania on speed dial, Jacob. Get her on the phone and tell her to tell him to get his butt to the debates, okay? Yeah, I wish. My man. I appreciate you, brother. I'll see you back out in Ohio. There he goes, the great Jacob, who came to the greatest, honestly, that night in St. Mary's. Uh, was just the greatest thing. Shout out to Doug Spencer and the St. Mary's crew, uh, everybody that was a part of that. Uh, we're going to get to more of your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon taking your calls about tonight's first GOP primary debate. What are you looking for? What do you want to see? Christine, local, right here in New York City. Hey, girl. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, here with my husband, Steve. Oh, Steve-O. Uh, you guys are my man. What are you? What's going on? It sounds like we got some driving action. Where are you guys heading? Anywhere good? We're actually coming home from Florida. Oh. We're headed back to uh, 
New York City. The Big Apple. Oh, good for you guys. Uh, take your time. New York is exactly how you remember it. <laughs> Find- yes, we live uh, two blocks away from a migrant shelter. I can tell you many stories. <laughs> well, the way things are going, we all live two blocks away from a migrant shelter. They just put 12 of them in my studio. I don't know what's going oh, on. It's, it's crazy. Oh, my God. Um, I can't take no, no, it's a mess. Um, but as far as far as the debate, uh, I don't know that we're storing migrants on the stage tonight. I think we have eight candidates only. Uh, what yeah. are we What are we looking at in the car? What's the hot pick in the car? You know, we both really like Tim Scott, and I I'm very surprised that he's not polling higher. Yeah, um, I'm hoping he comes out and shows people mm-hmm. who he is, what he's made of. I just love how he presents himself and what his thoughts are, and I really hope that he wins some people over. Mm-hmm. I do like DeSantis, but I, I yep. think he's making a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Trump really made a mistake not showing up to this. I, I don't understand. You know, Trump's Trump. We mm-hmm. all love him. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says. I still love him. I'm MAGA all the way. Mm-hmm. But I think what you said before was really valid, is he's got to be winning over the people that aren't sure. Yeah, and yeah. I think that you know, his mistakes are always letting his ego come into play too much. And I, I want to go up to him and smack him and say, just stop. We need you. Just stop what you're doing and think about us instead of your ego. Just just occasionally. It, it, occasionally. it, it would be good advice. Uh, but my biggest takeaway is you basically just needed to get another man on the phone so you didn't strangle your husband on this long drive back. <laughs> right. No, no, no. We're going to the airport. We're not driving. Oh, oh, even oh, better. Okay. Well, well, I'm happy to have stood in as your affordable therapist, and we appreciate the analysis as always. We'll talk when you get back. I'll tell the migrants you said hi. There she goes, the great Christine and her husband, Steve, coming back to the migrant shelter here in New York City. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, back in action, big hour coming up on Fox Across America. It is debate night here in America. It's in Wisconsin, Milwaukee to be specific. We have at least seven confirmed candidates on the stage. Doug Burgum injured in a pickup basketball game this morning. We're now being told he is a game time decision. What a wild time to be alive. 888-788-9910. We're going to discuss with Morgan Ortagas. He's a Republican strategist. We will also hear from Aaron Perini later in the show. Uh, but right now, it's you and me time. We're previewing the debate. I want to know what you're into. I want to know what you're looking for. I want to know if there's a candidate you're focused on. I want to know if you're not happy with all of the attendees. Is there someone who maybe should have been at the debate but decided not to show up? You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to name names. Uh, it rhymes with Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. I'm just being silly. But uh, we want to know where your head's at heading into the first debate. I mean, the race to replace Joe Biden is on. I think if you watched Joe Biden this week, it became, you know, pretty apparent that he's in no shape to be governing two days from now let alone four years from now. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. A lot of people feel that way. So tonight's a big night because if you're in this debate, if you qualify, you hit the donor threshold and the polling threshold. Okay, you did so by the skin of your teeth with very few exceptions. Everyone you see on tonight's debate stage will not qualify for the second debate. So people are going to come out swinging. I mean, absolute 
haymakers. You know how, like, when you watch a Rocky fight, it's absurd because they land 75 times as many punches as they do in the actual real boxing matches? You know, like, one punch decides a heavyweight boxing match. You know, but in a Rocky, guys will take 600 of them. I expect that level of offense tonight. So in that regard, I'm excited. I, I, I would want Trump to be there because I think for the Republican Party, whoever the standard bearer is going to be, will need as many opportunities as they can get to make the case to the other side that they have a better vision for the country than the one being offered by the bureaucrats who happen to run the Biden presidency. So for me, it's a missed opportunity, but we'll get your thoughts. 888-788-9910. Alex is in Los Angeles, California. Yo, Alex. Hey, Jim. We actually talked to, during the pandemic. Yes. And the teacher, and we mm-hmm. talked about Guns and Roses. Yes. And a deep cut. Yes. Get in the ring. Come I on. That. I Alex, yeah. you're taking me uh, back now. I was broadcasting out of my house because the show launched, and then they shut down the whole world. And uh, oh. with the exception of, like, the opening five episodes of Fox Across America, we spent our first six months under house arrest, thanks to your man Fauci. Wow. Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> Not my man. Yeah, for sure. But, well, yeah. to borrow from Guns N' Roses parlance, they're getting in the ring tonight. So what are you thinking? What are you looking yeah, for? Sure. <laughs> you know, I totally wish that Larry Elder were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know the backstory. Yep. That, um yeah, one of his uh, – they, they have to qualify by raising 40,000 individual donations. I think he either got that or was close. Mm-hmm. And um, But then he has to have 1% in a national survey, and the Republican National Committee said, uh, no, that survey doesn't count. Yeah. So um, I know we can say with anyone, oh, they're not going to win anyway, but mm-hmm. you can say that about anyone. So, yep. um, But without him, um, I guess I would go for Ramaswamy. Like Larry, he's – very well informed, speaks well, mm-hmm. um, seems pretty candid. Um, I, I like DeSantis too. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of haters for him, but um, <laughs> you know, I think he would do a good job. Well, you know what happens if you're the guy who gets into the race with the most money, there's always the biggest bullseye on your back. And mm-hmm. because like the social media intensity is so big now. That like everything you do, like the story gets amplified to be bigger than it is, meaning right now they've successfully convinced the country that his campaign is imploding. And I don't know that it's imploding, but he's fed into that narrative by changing up his staff. So now that is, you know, people we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. People believe he's imploding. (laughs) So he is going to be looked at tonight like this is a last ditch effort out of him. So he he's honestly I don't think anyone's under bigger pressure than him. Honestly, That's so a great point. Yeah, he needs to show he needs to show up tonight. It's not it's not like your Guns N' Roses. They can't keep touring on hits. You know what I mean? It's like right. GNR can tour. Yeah, but but right. this this guy's got to come out with some new hits. That's a great point. And the latest GNR release was not so great. No, it was period. terrible. The perhaps. song, perhaps, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, let's be honest, it wasn't. So this is what we're going to do just between you and me. No one knows this, but since we're on the phone talking (laughs) candid Saturday night, I'm hosting the Saturday night show here on Fox, Fox News, Saturday night, it's 10 o'clock show. We're going to do a segment on the Guns N' Roses song because I want to talk music. Shannon Bream's going to be on. She's a big rock and roll gal. And uh, I I think the American people need to have an honest conversation about this song because I don't know if they like (laughs) deferred to chat GPT or something, but it it was absolute like I was so underwhelmed. After all of this time, uh, Alex, right. you got me worked up now, man. This isn't good. I got to get you off the phone. <laughs> don't okay, don't right. wait for another pandemic to call back, though. Check it anytime, my man. 
There he goes, the great Alex. Yeah, if you listen to the Guns N' Roses song, we're going to do a segment on it Saturday night. I shouldn't. I don't know that I'm allowed to tell you that, but it's going to happen. I, I demand that it happens. We're going to have a grown-up talk about that. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in on the grown-up talk we're having about the debate right now. Jacob is in Phillipsburg, Kansas. Yo, Jacob. How's it going, Jimmy? It's kind of going. They'll, Alex got me worked up about Guns N' Roses. Are you a Guns N' Roses fan? Um, no, actually, I listen to country music. Oh, there you go. You can hang out with Jenny Fela. She's crushing beer cans right now somewhere in America. Um, well, what do you think on the actual debate? Uh, who do you who are you watching? Who are you honing in on? Well, um, I really liked um, Vivek since he started. Um, I never heard of him like most people um, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with him a hundred percent on all of his foreign policy things, but. Um, I, I think that he is somebody that I can get behind if it's not Trump. Yeah, well, um, Trump, ir- mm-hmm. Trump irritates me a little bit mm-hmm. um, just because he's um, – I, I, if, if he couldn't um, – if he claims that it's stolen, which I agree with him, that the election was stolen last time, um, but then it can be stolen this time too. So um, – Besides that, you know, I, I'd go for Trump. I also like DeSantis, mm-hmm. but he's fallen so much yeah. in the past, what, couple weeks that yeah. I, I, I don't know if he's going to be anybody in the next two weeks. Yeah, he's he's got to show up tonight, man. It is crazy because every big donor put their checkbooks away, and that's that's kind of what's happening to him right now. So he needs a he needs a big night. And But it's fascinating that you say Vivek because a lot of people who have called in say that. He has struck a chord for one reason or another. He's got some fantastic communication skills. And now that I know you're a country guy, I know it's not because he rapped in Iowa. But did you give him did you at least give him decent grades for his rap performance? I actually didn't hear about that until you said it earlier today. Oh, Um, I I, I listened to some of his Uh I listened to some of his stuff that he said um, on Twitter um, and some of the other Uh um, interviews that he's had. Um, but what, what impresses me the most about him mm-hmm. is he's pounding away on um, government, mm-hmm. I, I guess, lying for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, and, and if we can, and, and he, the only person who, the, the only other person who's doing that is Trump. Yeah. And the, so, I, yeah. The idea of calling out all the BS in Washington uh, that appeals to me, like that does. I get that too. Uh, it's it's a mess, man. They're not they're not representing our interests. Like when you see Biden out there bragging about a climate bill nobody asked for that he passed under a different name, inflation reduction. You know, you realize they're kind of doing us dirty. So I think there's a good point there, Jacob. Anybody who wants to go after government corruption and get me some straight answers, I can get behind. Thanks for the call, brother. Good stuff. Uh, John is in San Antonio, Texas. Yo, John. This is Jimmy. How are you? My man. Uh, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm trying to sort this mess out tonight because there's, you know, there's a lot of angles. I don't, how should I be watching? What should I be looking for? Uh, I think it's going to come down to DeSantis and Scott. Okay. Scott, I like how he wants to rebuild the DOJ. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that because it's just a total chaotic mess right now. And then with DeSantis, I can get behind him. Just because he's a he's a veteran like myself, and mm-hmm. and your president, you kind of got to know what kind of hellfire you can bring to somebody. Oh. And I don't think any of the other other candidates know how to do that. Well, they know what the military actually is. 
Well, I will say this. Uh, When you look at the war in Ukraine right now, a lot of Americans, you know, aren't thrilled about funding this thing, you know, until the end of time, knowing it brings us closer to a nuclear war and everything in between. So you're right to say there's an appetite for somebody who gets in there that truly understands the military. Uh, So I'll I think that the. the biggest issue has got to be our southern border living so close to it. Yeah. Well, it almost makes me want to open up the trunk and get out my flag vest and behave. get my AR and go down there and handle stuff myself. Behave. So You're not better. allowed to do that. you got to behave. But, John, you make good points. we got to secure the border uh, the right way, and we've got to be, you know, practical with the application of force in our military. Thank you for the call and the analysis. 888-788-9910. Adam, also in Texas. He's in Hempstead, Texas. Adam! Jimmy, hey, man, we are here at the watermelon capital of the world. You're damn right you are. That sounds like a watermelon. That sounds good. That's probably the uh, the only fruit I'm allowed to eat right now. Man, it's the best, man. I, I get depressed soon as watermelon season goes away. <laughs> you and Lincoln, my son Lincoln, is like a watermelon connoisseur. Like, that is his, that's like his go-to food. And he's out, that's his first question no matter what you ask him. He's like, is there going to be a watermelon there? It's pretty funny. Yeah, I got first place last year, watermelon. They gave me second place this year. Oh, the hell the fix was in. Stop the steal, Adam. Come on, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, so what do you think? Who are you looking for tonight? Man, I'm, I'm going to be looking at Vivek. Okay. I'd like to look at, you know, DeSantis, see what he's going to come up with. You know, his camp, they really had to, I think, had to overhaul some shit, mm-hmm. some stuff. Excuse me. Yep. But, um, you know, Vivek, I think. That might be the ticket, man. I think people could get behind him. He got the good message, especially, uh, you know, he's going to take on the government pretty much. That's what he's saying. He's more Trump than Trump. (laughs) Well, he makes a good point when he says that he would use Trump as like an advisor, as like a mentor, you know, because he's kind of showing you his cards there. You know, everybody's going to need a strategy to deal with Trump if they think they're going to get the support of his voters. So Vivek, at, at the very least... He's done the best job of running his campaign so far because none of them, none of us knew his name three months ago. And he is overwhelmingly getting the most calls right now, uh, according to our call screener. And we're going to continue to field them. Uh, but save me some watermelon, would you, damn it? Yes, sir. I'll see you Thanks soon, time, Adam. Man. Be well, brother. There he goes, the great Adam in Hempstead, Hempstead, Texas. Wayne is out in Nebraska. Yo, Wayne. Hey, Jimmy. How are you doing? My man. Uh, I'm doing good. Hey. I'm a little nuts today. What do you got? Oh, I'm always nuts. Uh, I've got a load of uh, road salt going to a city lot in Lincoln, Nebraska. But besides that, <laughs> um, I wanted to weigh in on this whole uh, presidential debate and ticket. Give it to me. Uh, I love, I love Trump. I love Trump. I think he was a great president. But I don't think they're gonna. It, indictment number five is going to be for leaving the toilet seat up. <laughs> Melania is going to indict him. That's right. That's not good for the country. Uh, I like DeSantis, but they're going to treat him just like they treat Trump. Yep. They're never going to leave him alone. Yep. Uh, personally, I would love to see Haley and Scott on a ticket for yep. eight years. Listen. In the next eight years, Scott and Haley on a ticket. They they would actually be unbeatable. That's the problem the Republicans are up against. They Their best candidates for the general election are the furthest back in the polls. <laughs> it's crazy. But a, a Haley, Tim Scott, it takes all the identity politics away from the Democrats. It forces an honest conversation about race. They would win in a blowout. But the Republicans, you know, I don't know that they're going to get there. But I think it's some fine wisdom uh, one way or the other. 
Uh, good luck with the salt delivery, Wayne. You sound like you got your work cut out for you, big man. There he goes. <laughs> Daniel is in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Yo, Daniel. Hey, Jimmy, we've talked before about this debate. Now. Yes, we I have. Don't a, I don't mind that Trump is sitting out. All right, let the field narrow down. Okay. But what? And I, I'm going to get behind any Republican candidate. Fair. Okay. But I'm looking at Tim Scott. I'm looking at Nikki Haley, especially if Tim Scott comes out to to Eye of the Tiger for Rocky Three. Oh, <laughs> All right. Listen, Martha I'm might putting, Martha might ask him what his favorite movie is tonight. If he says anything other than Rocky Three, we have the tapes, baby. We will take him yes, down. We do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but you know. Everybody's uh, – I know DeSantis is running in second, okay? But mm-hmm. I'm putting DeSantis with Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they don't know how to fire up a crowd. Yep. They do have a record. They're mm-hmm. both great people. I've mm-hmm. never met either one of them. Mm-hmm. But they're just there. Yep. They're just taking yep. up space. They have the same agenda, mm-hmm. but neither one of them will fire anybody up. They, they yep. have nowhere to go. They they better they better show up tonight or they're going to be on Dancing with the Stars before this is over. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Daniel. You know I appreciate you, man. We'll do it again. Quick break. Back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon taking your calls. On tonight's debate, Kevin is in Hampton Roads, Virginia. He knows things. Kevin. Hey, Jimmy. Good afternoon to you. Hey, um, I'm only interested in four candidates tonight. I think it's going to be good political theater even without Mm -hmm. Trump there. But I have a surprise prediction for you. And I thought I would never say what I'm about to say. And I don't think you would uh, think so either. But here's what I think is going to happen. Okay. You know that... That quote that was just out, Chris Christie made that little jab at DeSantis. It was really pretty funny. Yeah. You know, how's that going to work for you, memorizing your your lines or whatever? (laughs) My surprise prediction is Chris Christie could steal the show if he doesn't do one thing. Mm. If he keeps jabbing at DeSantis like that with those funny quips and dresses DeSantis down, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't lay a glove on Trump. Mm -hmm. I got this weird feeling like when he said that, that quote, that, 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 that jab at DeSantis, it made me feel like, well, Christie's de- defending Trump in a weird way. It's kind of like, you know, Lindsey Graham's now Trump's buddy. Yep. And I love it when Lindsey Graham, he used to be Trump's enemy, but I love it when Lindsey Graham comes on and defends Trump. And mm-hmm. I think if, if Christie plays his cards right and focuses just on taking DeSantis down, it's going to have that effect on all those Trump supporters and watch what happens to him in the polls. Wow. So you're saying Christie could make a run. If he does what I just said, that's the formula, and maybe he will. You know, he he kind of established himself as Trump's enemy, mm-hmm. but in a way, he's like Trump mini me. He's also that abrasive guy. Yeah, he's loose, he's free, and he's kind of funny when he does that. But yep. I've kind of developed a resentment towards DeSantis, and he will vicariously enact out my resentment when he takes those jabs at DeSantis. I think yeah. that Trump supporters are going to go, "Yeah, I kind of like that." Wow. Listen, I yeah. no one had that take. Okay. 
but you say Christie's going to make a run. He is not known for running, uh, but you never know, Kevin. I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch. And I do think DeSantis has left himself very vulnerable tonight, like really vulnerable. So nothing would surprise me. And I do know Christie to be a formidable debater. Like he, he is, he's good, so it would not shock me. Uh, I'm going to pass the strategy memo over to him, and we'll see if he takes your advice, okay? Sounds terrific. Good stuff, brother man. I appreciate you. Kevin says Christie's got to go on offense and start swinging at people. I, I never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Well, I don't know that he'll get away with it. There's going to be a lot of cameras. But it's America. If you hit somebody on stage these days, they give you an Oscar afterwards. Didn't we learn that from the? Didn't we learn that from Will Smith? So who knows? Maybe maybe Christie swings away at DeSantis after all. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. It's going to be a good show. Buckle up. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Maneater by Hole and Oates. I don't even think you could sing this song on the radio. You get canceled. You'd have to say them eater. She's a person eater. It's getting complicated. But if anybody can figure this mess out, it is a former U.S. Department of State spokesperson and a darn good friend of this program. Morgan Ortagas back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I, I'm, you know what? I'm tangled up in this Hole and Oates mess. Could you still sing Maneater in 2023? <laughs> Yeah, you definitely can on Fox Radio. Fox <laughs> you can hear. Don't try this across the street at NBC. You can still sing it here, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Oh, Why that's... not? I think, you know what? Even Jennifer Aniston is deriding uh, cancel culture. Like, I think people are over it. We can officially all be over it now. Nailed it. Uh, seriously, I think what happened is social media for a while there was forcing us to placate people none of us liked, meaning like the outrage crowd. We never liked these people. Like you were never at a party going, I I can't wait till the guy who gets offended at everything shows up. You know, that wasn't happening. (laughs) But like social media was that kind of party for a little while. Like you had to kind of get out of the way because you didn't want to incur the wrath yourself. But I don't think there's as much wrath. I think you make a good point. It's like if we have Jennifer Aniston on our side, like what other celebrity do we need, you know? Yeah, you know, I just feel like sometimes we just have it too good in America. You know, maybe it's because of my, you know, work in diplomacy and in the Mm -hmm. military and having traveled around the world. I see what the rest of the world is like. Mm -hmm. I know how lucky and grateful we should all be to be Americans. And, and, you know, sometimes I just think we're a little bit bratty. Thank you. And we are. We're, you know, we're we're like the rich kids on the block who don't realize how how nice our house is, you know. And we're complaining about it. Yeah, right. We're complaining. Exactly. Every, everybody else down the block is like, what? these people are nuts. And we are a little nuts. I'll give it that, too. But uh, we're talking about nuts. Can we talk to Bay for a second, Morg? I know you're tuned in for this. I know you yeah. know everybody on the stage. I'm predicting like a Real Housewives episode. Do you expect hair pulling and wine throwing? <laughs> that would probably be more entertaining than the debate, actually. Listen, yep. I'm looking forward to it. I went to a lot of the debates with mm-hmm. Fox, actually, in yep. 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the big guy, the person who's 40 points ahead in the polls will not be on the stage. Yep. So uh, that will remain to see what will happen with, without, uh, you know, mm-hmm. without the standard bearer being there. Yep. Uh, I am hoping, you know, I, I'm really hoping, and I know Brett and Martha are going to do a great job. I am hoping that if we get to foreign policy, and we should, that we talk a little bit about China. You know, everybody likes 
just sort of talk tough on China now. Mm -hmm. But actually, there's a pretty mixed record on the stage of of who has actually been tough on China in policy instead of just in rhetoric. And and what does being tough on China mean? Mm -hmm. You know, we've had this policy for 40 years of strategic ambiguity as it relates to Taiwan. Uh, You know, myself and many others would argue it's time to be crystal clear with the Chinese what we are going to do as it it relates. Will we fight for Taiwan or not? You've got Mm -hmm. Biden who hasn't officially changed the strategic ambiguity policy, uh, but he will go out and say, yes, yes, we will fight to defend Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And then in the next breath, his employees at the White House will go, you know, off the record and walk back his comments. So maybe that's a part of a strategy to Mm -hmm. to keep things ambiguous. I don't know. But I I think it's time for us to draw red lines and and, and stick to our red lines about what we're going to do as it relates to Taiwan. Yeah, imagine that. We're talking to Morgan Ortagas. Uh, She's sharing some of her foreign policy expertise as we head into the first GOP primary debate tonight. I think what's going on, and maybe you can speak to this as someone who did so much fine work in the State Department, is I think the American people as a whole are kind of blissfully ignorant of just how much China wants to supplant us on the world stage. And, you know, and I I think they're doing us dirty on so many different fronts. But do you think the average person gets you know, the looming threat from China or no? I think they're starting to get it more. I mean, listen, nobody was talking about this in 2015, and I mean Mm. nobody, until former President Trump started talking about it and really raising uh, the alarm. I I do think that the Chinese have done a few things to make the average American aware of their nefarious intent. (laughs) You know, one would, of course, be unleashing COVID on the world. Mm -hmm. You can't help it when there's a pandemic, but but you certainly don't have to lie to the world the way the Chinese Communist Party did and destroy all of the evidence about the Uh – about the origins of yeah. COVID, right? Yeah. So, um, so that so that's one. And then two, um, you know, we have things like the stupid spy balloon that they let, you know, <laughs> that the Biden administration let traverse across the country. Yeah. You know, when people like me sort of spend time trying to say, here's the threat, here's the threat. Uh, uh, et cetera. And, and then people, some might get it, but whenever they see a big spy balloon <laughs> that they can see from their house yeah. you know, going across the United States, then, you know, then I think people start to get it. <laughs> you know, it's, it, we're, we're living in a common core world where you have to show your work. And China, China, yeah, well, they, well, they did that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. China showed their work. So you're saying people get it now because they drew it out for us. That's so funny. Um, what other because we're getting we're getting breaking news as you get on the air tonight. Uh, I know. Yeah. Out of Russia. You talking about Russia? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Go ahead. You just take it away. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. So for anybody who hasn't heard the breaking news, the, the, the authorities in Russia are saying that a plane went down, quote unquote, uh, with Pedrosian on it. This is the guy uh, who you know led the rebellion. I guess how long ago has it been that? Was that about six weeks ago yes. that, that he led the rebellion? The Wagner you know, group. It, it, they were marching the, towards the, Moscow. The yeah. And what's interesting to me is that he stopped short of Moscow. I mean, mm-hmm. I really think once you cross that border, you 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 can't have to unmute me, yeah. right? You can't start a mutiny and then go, okay, <laughs> never mind. I didn't really mean that. Like, if you're going to do a mutiny, do a mutiny. Yeah. He should have he should have marched all the way to Moscow because he was a dead man once he crossed 
right? border. I, I am surprised that they let him live this long. I, I actually, this is a little crass, but I texted the news when it broke like an hour ago to a friend who's an Air Force veteran and said, uh, hey, uh, you know, look at this. Life sure does come at you fast. Life <laughs> sure does come at you fast. Yeah. And he wrote me back and so does surface to air missiles. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you know it's true. Like, there's no world. Yeah, no, totally. To quote Millie Vanilli, girl, you know it's true. There is no world where that was just some accidental plane crash. And you're right. That's crazy because the way it was walked back, and this is what I didn't understand. Okay, they're marching to Moscow. They made their intentions clear. And then on a dime, they started to make it sound like they were just trying to get, like, steps on their Fitbit or something, which we know wasn't the case. So what do you think inspired them to turn around knowing what you just said to be true, which is once you made that march, it wasn't going to end good? What do you think they were thinking? I don't know. It's it's totally weird. It's random. I, I, I don't – I have no clue what I'd be thinking. Yeah, okay. I will tell you that it, it does have consequences because the Wagner Group was engaged uh, for a long time in Syria. Remember that yep. the, in the Trump administration, President Trump gave the order to kill hundreds of Wagner Group guys. That was, mm-hmm. a, that was an epic – confrontation Mm -hmm. but they're also very involved in africa you know they were they were being paid by warlords and uh you know and and, and other despots in africa to help shore up their regimes to shore up their regimes excuse me so um Mm -hmm. so and and then you wonder what's going to happen to the guys who were loyal to prigozhin Mm -hmm. uh you know it's they right now are supposed to be subsumed by the official russian army they uh they may not want to but they may not have another choice Wow. It is it is so messy out there. You know, when you when you like you look out at the world, there are moments like this that make me feel better about where we are. But then I look around where we are and I got to tell you, Morg, I don't know that we have the best people in charge right now. Do you feel a little underwhelmed when you look at our options? Uh, I think, yeah, that's, that's fair. I think maybe a president who doesn't fall asleep, uh, during, <laughs> you know, important lunch meetings when you're honoring victims, that kind of thing. You know, just somebody who can stay awake for a full meeting would be great. But you know what? We're, 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 we're la- victories at this point. We're laughing at the guy, but you know what? If invisible people are allowed to vote, he's going to win. You know, he shakes hands with a lot of invisible people on that campaign trail. And I don't know True. that, it, you know, you got to go after every vote. That's the thing. It's like, how do you poll invisible people? You don't know their cell phone numbers. You don't know their addresses. He's going to be he's going to win this thing in a landslide. The joke's going to be on us. Uh, Listen, last but not least, what are you looking for in tonight's debate? There's no Trump. I know you want some foreign policy action. Uh, We've been taking calls on this all day of what you know, who people are focused on or what they expect to see. Do you think we're going to get a caged lion version of DeSantis where he realizes, you know, he's underachieving and it's a now or never moment? Well, I do think that Chris Christie is goading him. You could tell, like mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's he's been goading him. And Chris Christie has to beat up on somebody, right? Yeah. He doesn't like. He has nothing else to do. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I I could see. I, I'm just waiting for somebody to to take on uh, uh, Vivek because yeah. um, he's had some interesting things to say about foreign policy. I mean. He sort of mm. he's tried to walk it back, but he had some conspiratorial comments about uh, 9-11. Yep. He had some very controversial, very controversial comments about Israel. Mm-hmm. He also said that our goal should not be for Putin to lose. Yeah. I think someone needs to brief him on uh, what Putin and Russia think about the United <laughs> States. So, um, you know, listen, I'm all for people who are new to the game coming in with new and fresh ideas. Um, Jared Kushner, who I worked with closely in the Trump administration, did that. And he was able to be a part of making sure that we got the Abraham Accords, but he did a lot of, he knew he was new to the game, 
but he spent the time doing his homework and his research before he opened his mouth. And I think some um, people new to the game could, could learn a lesson or two on that. How about that, Morg? And I, I just got to be honest, I don't know if America is ready for a, a shirtless tennis playing rapper of a president. Are we there yet? I mean, who knows? I think, you know what? I think anybody can get elected in America. That's what's like awesome about us uh, <laughs> as a society. You know, maybe, uh, maybe that, maybe that's what we need. Maybe, maybe rapping skills is, is what is going to, you know, really intimidate Xi Jinping. I have a theory that we should just take the nominating process and turn it into like an America's Got Talent, where everybody has like a skill that they display because we know most of their policy positions. You know what I'm saying? So Vivek could play yeah. tennis by. Biden could crash a bicycle. Everybody could make a contribution. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, I, I, you know, I I would like to be on this. I don't want to run for president ever, but it would be <laughs> fun to uh, it would be fun to be in Brett and Marsha's shoes, asking them the questions. So I, I I'm a little jealous. I got a little FOMO of Brett and Marsha right now. Can't wait to watch him tonight. Yeah. Now listen, and I am as shocked as you are that I didn't get chosen to moderate this thing. But uh, I'm going to hold my fire. We're not, you know. Now that. Thank you. Some some real questions. You know what? I I what is Fox thinking, man? We're all talent right here. Jimmy and Morgan. Jimmy and Morgan, you can actually ask like legitimate, substantive questions. Okay, I can flex some of my community college cab driving knowledge. But the point is, we get to the heart of the real people. You know, you you get their knowledge. I get their vibe down, and I think what we would do would be pretty revealing. No. Uh, I I think so because I think that we bring very different things to the table. You could bring a little bit of like levity. Mm-hmm. I could sort of you know catch them when they're trying to squirm around some of the tougher policy questions. I, I think this is a marriage made in heaven, Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> Second GOP primary. Do- What's that? Oh, Mikey just said the bosses said F no. They actually called down to the studio. All right. Well, we'll work on it. We'll let's rework our pitch. We'll try this again in a few weeks. Okay. <laughs> You're, my you're the, see you, buddy. You're the best. The great Morgan Ortagas. I believe the official memo from the bosses was no, is what they said. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but she's as sharp as they come. And uh, she speaks to a reality here in the country. Like, people are starting to understand what's going on in China. But, man, do they have it out for us. And when you look at the priorities right now in the debate, I mean, obviously, the economy is number one everywhere. But, you know, foreign policy, because of the things we've seen in Afghanistan, because of what's unfolding in Ukraine, it's it matters. And you do need somebody on the world stage. You know, we used to talk about, like, speak softly and carry a big stick. Now we've got, you know, babble incoherently and push a big teleprompter. Uh, I would like to hear a strong, concrete vision for foreign policy from whoever the hell gets on that stage tonight. So if you were listening today to the. De- you know, prep for the debate, and I'm sure all the major candidates were. Uh, listen to what Morgan has to say. Back, quick hit back after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Taking this show on the road uh, tomorrow. Man, oh boy, you'll see me on Gutfeld tomorrow night with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. And when that's over, I am jumping on a plane to Vegas. We're heading out to the Green Valley Ranch. There are still a few seats left. 
If anybody wants to come hang with Kennedy and myself, that is Friday night at the Green Valley Ranch. Saturday, I'll be on a plane back here to New York. I will be hosting Fox News Saturday night. Uh, You'll see me on Lawrence Jones' show before we go live at 10 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, You'll probably see me furiously scrubbing a face tattoo off after a night in Vegas. That one's going to get rowdy. Uh, If you want to be a part of it, it's the Green Valley Ranch Friday night. August the 25th, me and the K-Train doing the damn thing. Uh, If you're on the East Coast, you're going to hear me promote this a lot between now and October 13th. I am taping my one-hour stand-up comedy special at the Paramount in Huntington on Long Island, Friday night, October the 13th. Oddly enough, you need to know this. Like We go on the road. I can tell you right now, confirmed, we're over 1,000 tickets in Vegas Friday night. Uh, Long Island, where I grew up, is like the hardest market to sell tickets because New York is overwhelmingly liberal. So we have more Fox fans on the road than we do when we're local. Like one of the reasons I'm not promoting like uh, some of the Midwest shows, Idaho Falls, Montana, like they sell out pretty quick. You guys are amazing. We got to get some more conservatives on the East Coast. Basically, half the people that want to show up to my special just want to put a brick through the window Antifa style and be like, take that, Fox. But we'll be having a good time inside. So if you can make it, Friday night, October the 13th, it is the Paramount Theater in Huntington, Strong Island. It's going to be a banger. Uh, Right now, one thing I wanted to bring your way, I found this interesting today, okay, is the late, great Rush Limbaugh. You've heard me say this from time to time. used to engage in something called random acts of journalism, where he would highlight someone in the media who demonstrated a genuine intellectual curiosity in something going on in Washington as opposed to just serving as a human shield for the Democratic Party, which is pretty much all they do these days. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Okay, now talking, here it is, CBS Mornings, okay, about the fact that the migrant crisis has made its way into big cities, and uh, now they want to talk about it. It's clip 27. It truly is, and we've seen more of that over the last year. You know, the mayor that we sat down with, Eric Adams, predicts that the city could spend upwards of $12 billion over three years without more help from the state. More than 500 migrants arrived in New York City on Sunday alone. So many issues at stake, obviously, as we were speaking during the package, the right to work. Um, And what the mayor was saying is there's 12,000 jobs right now that he's hoping people Mm. would apply for in the city. And that is the migrants contributing to the economy, as opposed to this long process where it takes forever to get the work permit. I mean, listen, decades upon decades we've been talking about it. But now yes. that it is in these big cities the way that it is, yeah. it's time to pay attention. Oh, really? Oh, shut up, woman. Oh, now that it's in the big cities, it's time to pay attention. The number of migrants she's talking about in her big city is not one-tenth of what's happened to the small cities. In Texas. And you understand when DeSantis was sending migrants up to Martha's Vineyard, that was human trafficking. But now every Democrat in a sanctuary city is planning to relocate these migrants from their cities. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But this is where, like, political discourse screws up the whole country. Okay, everybody in Washington supported border wall funding before Donald Trump said build a wall. Every single person. But because they thought it was an attack lane... They started saying things like, we should be building bridges, not walls. No human being is illegal. We're a sanctuary city. If Trump doesn't want you, we'll take them. Well, it was easy to say that when Trump wasn't around because people weren't getting into the country at these numbers. Now countries, okay, like ours, have a wide open border 
everybody's coming in and all the Democrats who said they'd take him are now saying, get him out of here. Get him out. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. And here we go. Big hour coming up with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon on the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that's previewing the first GOP 2024 primary debate, which is going on tonight in Milwaukee. We are very much sounding the bugle because it is going to be a battle out there on the stage. you got eight candidates who are all in a really desperate spot if they want to close the gap against Donald Trump, a guy who's holding on to a commanding 40-point lead. Of course, nobody has a bigger uphill battle when it comes to reversing momentum than Ron DeSantis. He was, of course, the guy who got into this with the most heat. Uh, You know, certainly the biggest amount of fundraising and a fantastic legislative record in the great state of Florida. Uh, But lo and behold, it has not gone the way he had hoped it would. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Recent polling showing that a lot of people agree with Trump on that. We're going to talk with Erin Perini. She is a member of the Never Back Down PAC. She is working for DeSantis to try to get this guy elected. I don't know what they're going to do to reverse this negative trend, uh, but she will share her insights in this hour. 888-788-9910. Perini, a Buffalo Bills fan, by the way. I always love talking to her uh, about football and everything in between. She's always a good time gal when we do Gutfeld together. Uh, I will be on the Greg Gutfeld show tomorrow night, Thursday night, August the 24th. And then you will see me Saturday night hosting Fox News Saturday night. That is an 10 p.m. show on the East Coast. So for some of our newer listeners, some of you guys are mountain out there, Wyoming and the Dakotas, Belfouche, and, you know. And if you're listening on KFTK in St. Louis, uh, that is, an, I believe, an hour behind. So welcome to all of our new affiliates this week. It's really cool to have you guys on board. If I, if I talk about it a lot, it's because I actually care. I'm new to media. You know, we've been hosting the show for about three years right now, but I'm still new enough to, like, care about the world and the impact I have on the world. I don't doubt that, you know, I could be three or four years removed from being just a drunken barbarian. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. I don't know. That's worked out for me up until now. But the point is, as a guy who genuinely cares, I get really excited for debate night because this is the official kickoff to the nominating season. Okay, voting doesn't actually start till January. But the voting that takes place in the polls after performances like the ones we're going to watch tonight absolutely dictate who will even be in this race come January. Okay, understand if you think back to 2020, Kamala Harris, okay, was one of the favorites to win the nomination. Yeah, she ultimately didn't even make it to the first caucus in Iowa in 2020. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! So you understand there are people we're talking about tonight, whether it's Vivek Ramaswamy, whether it's, you know, DeSantis himself, whether it's Tim Scott, okay, somebody like a Mike Pence, somebody like a Chris Christie. One of these people, and there's a good chance that many of these people are not around come January. You kind of forget because the news presence, the media presence in our lives is so omnipotent. It has a way of convincing you that the way we're doing things today is the only way we'll ever be doing things. The reality is 
the landscape in the Republican primary can change a lot between now and January. The frontrunner, Donald Trump, is surrendering tomorrow to be arrested in Georgia. It's his fourth round of indictments. That alone is unprecedented. And as evidence, you know, evolves and they continue to leak stuff out of the Justice Department, which they undoubtedly will, uh, it could, of course, change people's attitudes towards Trump. As, As insurmountable as he looks right now, by the time we start voting in January, you know, down could be up, up could be down. You just really don't know. But every one of these individual watershed moments talking about debates like the one we've got tonight on the Fox 2 channel, news channel, absolutely matter. Absolutely matter. And for guys that are trying to hold on to those fundraising dollars like Ron DeSantis, he is very much in a backs against the wall moment. So he has to show up and throw the fastball if he has one. You know, the other conversation we're having is on the other side of the aisle where you've got Joe Biden, who went to Maui and embarrassed himself all over the island, you know, tried to do the I feel your pain thing by telling them, you know, I almost lost my Corvette and my 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 cat in a fire. Shut up, fool. I mean, seriously, this is the last thing anybody wants to hear. You just lost your whole island has been burnt down. There's upwards of 800 people missing right now. And Joe Biden shows up. With a straight face. So ah, I know what you're going through. We, you know, uh, kitchen caught fire once and uh, almost lost my Corvette and my cat. Biden sucks. Oh, he's terrible. But that's one of the reasons this is going to be so heated in the Republican side of the aisle is because everybody, everybody, everybody believes they'll have an easy time beating Joe Biden. I agree with that. Now there's this other reality that Biden might not be the guy on the ticket. Okay, right now he is polling below 40 percent. Okay, there's a lot of talk about Gavin Newsom warming up in the bullpen. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. I don't know that we're there yet, but I know we're starting to hear the rumblings out of members of the media. Even The Washington Post now pulling it about face. The Washington Post, if you remember, famously helped to kill the Hunter Biden laptop story. In the run-up to the 2020 election, they were like, nah, this isn't a real thing. It's Russian disinformation. Hunter's a dirtbag. Maybe so. But the Washington Post forbid its readers from actually reading about it. Well, lo and behold, now that election's over, they got their way in that one. They're getting ready to try to help the Democrats across the finish line again in 2024. They're finding Jesus a little bit late in the service. And now admitting that Joe Biden deserves to be investigated after all. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Let me give you this. Okay, it's a Washington Post. Washington Post columnist Henry Olson admitted that President Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's business dealings deserves a serious investigation. A serious investigation, he says about Joe Biden. Come on, man. Olson writes in his column that he... Originally long dismissed stories regarding Hunter Biden, but recent revelations changed his mind. What an idiot. You know why I say that? Because there's no recent revelation that tells us anything we didn't already know. In the run up to the 2020 election, when guys like Henry Olson were saying it's Russian disinformation, there's no there there. It's a big Russian uh, nothing burger is what it is. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, we already at the time 
had Hunter Biden's living, breathing, breathing business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, being like, oh, no, no, it's real. Absolutely, it's real. They were giving 10% of the money to Joe Biden. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, we had on record, on record, a business partner saying, yes, he was the big man. We had emails. We had pictures. Okay, we had 150 suspicious activity reports out of the Biden administration, excuse me, out of the Obama administration that told us business transactions Hunter Biden was engaging in looked problematic. So you understand when guys in the Washington Post start saying, you know, these recent developments make me think, you know, I got to revisit this. You are so full of shit. Totally. Because it's not the recent developments. It's, it's just where we find ourselves in this election cycle. Joe Biden was a useful idiot for Democrats who needed him to defeat Trump in 2020. Now, obviously, they want more than anything in the world to defeat Donald Trump or any other Republican who winds up at the top of the ticket in 2024. But they're starting to look at the Biden-Harris administration, and they don't really feel good about their prospects of pulling it off. So we're sitting here in the back of the church in that speak now or forever hold your peace scenario, and people in the church are starting to whisper. They're like, i, I got to be honest with you. I don't know about these two. And that's why you're getting a reporting like you are. There's more than enough evidence to merit a thorough investigation of President Biden's involvement in his son's business dealings. This is a guy who was telling you two years ago that it was Russian disinformation. The media is a bunch of losers. What they are is they are activists masquerading as journalists. So they're now, you know, attempting to put their thumb on the scale in a different kind of way. Just the same as they put it out there to help Biden in 2020. Now they're some of them anyway are putting it out there to hurt him. Gail King spoke about this yesterday on CBS when it comes to the southern border. OK, the southern border is at six million illegal border crossings, six million highest recorded number in history. So when you hear the media talking about it now, it's like when someone staves an intervention for a 700 pound person. It's like, okay, you're staving an intervention. They're 700 pounds. This is out of control. But technically speaking, it was out of control at 600 pounds. It was out of control at 500 pounds. It was out of control at 400 pounds. I think he's got a point. The point is I'm hungry. I mean, if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat look at you. But what I'm trying to say to you is Gail King opening up on the border and the humanitarian crisis at the border It's been a humanitarian crisis for the last two years. We've broke a record every year for illegal border crossings. So she's not speaking out now because it just occurred to her this is bad. She knew it was bad. Correct the mundo. She's speaking out now because like the folks over at the Washington Post, they realize they've got a really flawed candidate in Joe Biden. And if they're going to use their weight to play kingmaker, they are in and now or never scenario. There's a lot of that going on right now. It's now or never tonight if you're Ron DeSantis, you're trying to hold on to some fundraising money after this performance. It's now or never if you're a member of the media that's trying to get rid of Biden and Kamala, because let's be honest, as doddering and out of it as he seems, Kamala Harris is still polling behind ISIS. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. She's terrible. Here is Gail King, though. I want to play this clip. I meant to get to it. It is clip 26. The U.S. is facing a humanitarian crisis over where to place migrants who are seeking asylum in this country. In New York City, a new center has just opened up on Randall's Island. It's expected to house, listen to this number, up to 3,000 migrants. 
Other cities like Los Angeles, Boston, and Chicago are also trying to manage an overwhelming number of new arrivals. Our national correspondent, Jerika Duncan, spoke with the mayor of New York City about how to handle the situation here. A lot of people feel it's out of control here already. Oh, come on. You suck, you jackass. Because what are they telling you here? Oh, it's, you know, it's bad in New York. It's, it's getting bad in Los Angeles. It's getting bad in Boston. It's getting bad in Chicago. What do they all have in common? Liberal cities. Okay, when you talk about 3,000 people in New York City, a place with a population of about 8 million people, okay, reverse that when you go down to the border towns in El Paso. You know, these are places that don't have one-tenth the population of New York City, but have literally had millions of people go through. So when you hear somebody like Gail King talking about, you know, it's a humanitarian crisis, she's not worried about the people. She's worried about the politics. She understands this is becoming a liability for the Democratic Party. Otherwise, if she truly cared about the humanitarian crisis, how many videos have we shown you at the southern border on Fox News where Bill Malusian is literally watching families drown in rivers, watching tens of thousands of people live under bridges in Eagle Pass, Texas? And did anyone in the media have a word for that humanitarian crisis? The answer would be no. No. It's only worth talking about when it becomes a problem for them. But that's where the country is really being damaged right now by the way the media handles politics. The media's job is to hold folks in power accountable. Instead, they're shilling for a party that's really wrecking everything they touch. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And that statement applies to the border. It applies to the economy. It applies to the schools where they're talking to us about pronouns. They're teaching kids how to subtract their junk before they can add math. What the hell did you just say? It's a mess. Okay. And, you know, when you look at foreign policy and the debacle that happened in Afghanistan, you know, we were told when Biden got elected, do you remember that embarrassing montage I used to play you? about the media saying the adults are back in the room. Here it is. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. <laughs> glorious for who? A drug cartel? Some Russian oligarch who, you know, sent big money into the Bidens? Is that glorious for anybody else? 70% of Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Do you understand? And if you start having a conversation that prioritizes a greater good instead of one political party, you don't wind up at 6 billion migrants before you start you know, staging an intervention about the southern border. Okay? This is no different than a person. Okay? If you're willing to step in at 600 pounds... You should have been willing to step in at 500. You still have been willing to step in at 400. I'm sorry about all the food analogies, but I'm just hungry today. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental filth. My physical as well as my mental fitness. Another proud moment for the country right there. That's your president, Joe Biden. Uh, They're staving an intervention for me on the show. We're going to go to the phones again. We weren't supposed to be doing this, but Perk is standing by in Maryland to talk me off the ledge. Yo, Perk. Hey, buddy. I'm looking forward to seeing Tim Scott uh, tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is imagine if we do get a Tim Scott uh, administration mm-hmm. and Trey Gowdy as attorney general. <laughs> we we could get some stuff done because he would actually go and clean up Washington a little bit. And oh, in, in the words of Al Pacino in um, Cinema Woman, he would mm-hmm. bring a flamethrower. Boom. The and that's what we need. Perk. That No, that is <laughs> oh, what we need. Um, yeah. Seriously, man. And you know what the problem is? Like the best op- in terms of the general election, the Republicans best options are going to have the hardest time getting the nomination. You know, if uh, DeSantis flames out tonight, he's done. Like he has to have a big night because there's too much Yunkin and Kemp money out there that people want to donate. Uh, mm-hmm. But Tim Scott is well funded, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And I think once we start having that conversation, because you know this, most of what the Democrats run on is the race card. So it's like if you tie that arm behind their back, it's really hard for them to win that fight. You know? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, they'd be a one-legged man in, in a race. They couldn't do it. It wouldn't be pretty. Uh, I don't no, know. It man. It, I would not be pretty. They might lose a race to but, Chris Christie at that point. <laughs> not good. Not good. But I can't even make fun of Christy because somebody oh. told Christy there's some Doritos. At the oh, behave! Line. Listen, you can't. We can't call Christy fat because I can't stop talking about food myself. You know what happened? This is what happened. Really quick, okay. we launched on a new station in St. Louis, KFTK, and I was just nice. there. We went to a neighborhood called the Hill. It's actually the birthplace of Yogi Berra. So we passed mm-hmm. Yogi's house, and then me and Lincoln ate every piece of pizza in the county. And now right. every time I say the call letters, I just get hungry again. It's not good, Perk. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Good call. We'll do it again, brother. Be well. And just like that, thank you, St. Louis. Now I've got the guy coming back in from wardrobe to knock the food out of my hands. Put that cookie down now. We're playing some good intro music for our next guest. She's a damn good friend of the show, but she's also in a fascinating juxtaposition. She is a Buffalo Bills fan. She is a surrogate for the Ron DeSantis campaign. There's, of course, a difference there. A lot of people think one of them could go all the way this year. Uh, The other is the DeSantis campaign, but he could turn it around tonight with a big performance. And joining us now to explain exactly how it's going to go down is the great Aaron Perini. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy, quite the intro there. We went big with the pyrotechnics. Usually, you you know, for you, you get a marching band. It's like someone bit into a starburst. Uh, That's right. But it's debate. It's debate night. I've got to I've got to do some journalism here and we've got to discuss this big debate. Um, What is the mood inside the DeSantis camp? Well, I can tell you that right now, everything we've seen is indicating the governor is focused. He is ready to show the American people not only his record of conservative leadership, but how he sees the path forward for our country to reverse the great decline we've seen under Joe Biden and Democrats at the helm. 
this is the only candidate that is going to stand on this stage in front of a national audience and be able to say, not only have I fought the hard battles, I've won the hard battles, and I'm ready to do it day one, A1, when he walks into the White House. Well, I definitely think of everyone getting on the stage like he has the best record to stand on. Like if we're talking about COVID, if we're just talking about, you know, the condition the state of Florida happens to be in versus the rest of the country. He's in a good spot there. But why do you think he was trending the other way in the polls? Do you think it's a rally around the flag thing for Trump getting all these indictments? Like what do you actually attribute it to? I'd like to use the kind of phraseology where people aren't shopping for Christmas trees in August. Voters aren't engaged as of this point. So what they're looking at is what they're seeing on the news and the name they're seeing the most. And so that's where that's tracking right now. But if you actually look at what's going on right now on the ground in these early voting states, Mm -hmm. there was just a poll that came out in the Des Moines Register that has not only Governor DeSantis with the highest, highest favorabilities of anybody in the field, Mm -hmm. you see that 61% of potential caucus goers are considering him as their choice. That's a huge number for him. He has over 11,000 people already committed to caucus for him. We've knocked over 270,000 doors in Iowa. When it comes to winning and using Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina to build the momentum to go into Super Tuesday, there's no candidate that's out there campaigning and signing people up and winning voters the way Ron DeSantis is. Have they thought about putting you on the stage instead? (laughs) No, no, you can't put me on the stage. You know, I'm too young. No, I'm not too young anymore to run for president. But I was earlier, you know. (laughs) At one point in my life, I was too young to run for president. I'm laughing. I'm not I'm not going on that stage. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Republicans that aren't going on that stage. Try as they'd like to. Um, yeah. Does he uh, does the campaign kind of stand by his comments yesterday that Trump should have debated? I actually think Trump should have debated. I mean, if you're going to win the general election, you need to pull over independents. You need to pull over, uh, you know, some liberal support as well. And I think it's a lost opportunity for Trump. Absolutely, the former president should have debated. Nobody is guaranteed this nomination. This is not a coronation. This is a primary, an open primary in the Republican Party to try and beat back the failures of Joe Biden and his administration. And anybody who thinks they are bigger and better than the Republican voters doesn't deserve to be the party's nominee. And so what we're seeing here is from the former president, somebody who thinks they're better than the process and better than the voter and doesn't have to explain not only a record, Mm -hmm. but a path forward. That is a contrast point with Governor DeSantis. Not only does he have a record, he has a policy platform going forward to rebuild the military, to protect children's education in Mm -hmm. school, to make sure that if you work hard in this country, you can afford a home, a car, and to be able to live without having the heavy hand of government dictating your life. You contrast that with Donald Trump, who is too afraid to show up to a debate and stand on a stage and defend his record. That's not the Republican Party anymore. We're not going to look at the past. If you want to look at the future, you will see it tonight on the debate stage, because the person who will stand at the center of that stage, who is pulling the highest, mm. is Governor Ron DeSantis, who is married, has three young kids, is you know turning Florida around and making it a big, beautiful red state through conservative, successful policies. Has there been any internal discussion, Aaron Perini, of DeSantis releasing his own rap video to combat Vivek? <laughs> 
You know, I'm not sure that there's been any conversations relative to, to rap videos. However, I can tell you the governor uh, is is a very good baseball player. We've been, you know, yep. crisscrossing Iowa and New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and any chance we get, he's out there with his baseball mate and his five-year-old son, Mason, tossing the ball around. Um, so, you know. That, that's right. certainly a, a so fun if, part of the governor's the, story. If there is a talent show, he you know he could flex some skills, is what you're saying? Because we've this oh, is yeah, yeah th- this is turning into a reality show fast. Because right now there's so many freaking candidates out there, and I think it's part of the challenge that any candidate faces is policy wise. I don't know any voter that would disagree with a thing DeSantis says, but the the job of actually like reaching people I think is more challenging than ever, just because there's so much there's so many people out there. I think I'm running right. Now, I'm not sure. I think someone just told me I was running. Is there like a group on to run this year? Is that what it is? It could be. You know, everybody's kind of, you know, there, as the governor likes to say, there are people who are who are running for cabinet positions or, or to be somebody's VP nominee. And he's running because he believes in service above self and he wants to move this country forward. And that's what he's going to show on this stage tonight. Yeah. This is a huge opportunity to stand yeah. in front of a national audience in a new way mm-hmm. and really talk about not only who is it, who he is, but his past policy successes mm-hmm. and a path forward, not only for the Republican Party, but for the country. And if you want to win this nomination, you got to show up and you got to fight for it. And unfortunately, you're just not seeing that from others in this field. Yeah, you know, some people ducking it. There's, uh, you know, it's 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 a really weird time because all of the Trump goings on, like I wanted to ask you this. So basically, yeah. whatever happens tonight, let's say DeSantis comes out, has the night of his life, okay? Or whoever it is, could be Tim's, it could be anybody, has the night of his life, okay? You know, the Trump plan is to turn himself in tomorrow to overshadow all of the debate analysis. But if you were working on a campaign, wouldn't you kind of say like, hey, boss, maybe getting arrested is not the thing to showcase the morning after the debate? I mean, it's not it's certainly not a great uh, path forward for the Republican Party. But it's also clear that uh, every time there's been an indictment, you used to see the Trump team. And I can say this, having been a member of the campaign in 20 used to put out big fundraising numbers after you would see something big in the news happen. And, you know, his birthday, a good debate performance, opportunities Mm -hmm. like that. The last two indictments, Trump hasn't been doing that. Mm -hmm. So he has to try and create as much noise as he can because it's very clear that financially speaking, one, he's not out there campaigning. He's not hosting events. He's just piggybacking off of others. And he's not out there actually doing the work to win this nomination. So he's hoping that the earned media battle on TV is what solidifies this for him. But voters are getting tired every time there is another indictment of the former president, even with the political motivation that you have seen in weaponization within the Department of Justice and across the country. Mm-hmm. But if you look at this, the people are getting really tired of this and they want another option. And that's what you see in that polling in Iowa. And that's what we're seeing when we're having t- conversations at doors in early voting states. And it's what you're seeing when Governor DeSantis is out there talking with voters. They don't want the noise. They want America to succeed. And they're not getting that right now. No, I will give you that. We're talking to Erin Perini from the Never Back Down Pack for Ron DeSantis. She's, of course, the comms director. So you seem to be in your good Erin Perini spirits. I'm a pretty good judge of character, and you seem like yourself. Uh, where is everybody else on this? Is, are people discouraged by talk of Glenn Youngkin and Brian Kemp getting in? 
No, absolutely not. The governor remains focused on winning this nomination, on showing the American people and the Republican Party what fresh new leadership, not only of a movement, but of the full party actually looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to get distracted by anybody else or by any other candidate. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at this, this remains a two man race, no matter what. And so any other noise or any other speculation, that's just political chattering class trying to do what they normally do, which is try to upend things and, and get another shot at sitting on TV. <laughs> but let's look at the reality here. The fact is, the facts are that this is a two-man race. It remains that way. And Governor DeSantis is the only candidate who can beat Joe Biden. Boom. Uh, last question. Uh, do you drink when you watch the debate? <laughs> I will not be drinking. I will be working. I uh, mm -hmm. I gotta gotta try to maintain my professionalism yes. through the end of the debate, and then you know, yeah, all bets are off. You know, Jimmy, <laughs> so you never in the, know. In the in the kiss and cry room afterwards, after the gymnastics routine has been scored by the judges, then you can hit the bar. I know I like your style. Right. I just you know, I just got to make sure you're you. You know what I'm saying, Aaron? Like I have to ask you a drinking question because then your analysis. I can see if it rings true or not, and I can tell you feel very confident tonight. So my last, last, last question for real is okay. have people, because there's been such an onslaught in the media to say, you know, this campaign's going sideways, he's not getting the traction that we expected him to, and blah, blah, blah. Have people kind of underestimated the candidate that is Ron DeSantis? Oh, absolutely. I think they do, and it's very clear that plenty in the media – and in the Democrat Party want to see Donald Trump be the nominee because they know that Joe Biden can beat him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when Governor DeSantis first ran for Congress, people didn't think he could do it. And he won. When he first ran for governor, people didn't think he could do it. And he won. People didn't think that his conservative policies would deliver the way they did for Florida. People can underestimate Governor Ron DeSantis at their own peril. But in reality, every time there is a hard fight and a hard test, Governor DeSantis never backs down and he wins those fights. That's what you're going to see tonight. I still think he should put you on stage. All right, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Perini, great stuff. You got the fastball, kid. We feel good about this one. We'll all be watching, and I wish you the best of luck tonight. All right, pal? Thanks, Jimmy. I'll talk to you soon. You too. There she goes, the great Aaron Perini. She says DeSantis is coming out swinging tonight. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. And I think he should. I mean, we took a lot, you know, a lot of calls on this this week in terms of, you know, what do you think? What are you looking for? It's crazy because DeSantis does not have the media heat. I think she makes a good point, though. Like people that liberals want to run against Trump, just so you know that. You be the biggest Trump supporter in the world. They're praying he's the nominee. Okay, they are praying he's the nominee because in the general election, it is very difficult. If we've never had a United States president indicted once in the 247 year history of the country. If Trump is running as a guy who's been indicted four times, even though you might think it's a political persecution, the average rank and file voter who's not actively engaged in politics may not see it that way. It becomes a little bit more of a liability for him in the general election. So in that regard, the Democrats want Trump to be the nominee because most of their work is already done. They've already succeeded in characterizing him as being the devil, even though we don't believe that's true. I'm not saying to you, yeah, Trump's the worst guy in the world, okay? Trump is exactly who he's always been, even before he went into politics. He's crass. He's pugnacious. He doesn't have a filter. You know, he tells you what's on his mind. He's not worried about offending you. He's treating you kind of like an adult and that he's just talking to you. It's just talking. You're not getting it 
uh, a focus group statement that goes through 17 political strategists before the people hear the words come out of his mouth. You're just getting a real authentic, no filter take on things. And that's who he's always been, like long before he entered politics. The difference now is there's a performative hysteria in reaction to Donald Trump, as if there's some type of new Trump. We didn't know this version of Trump. Who the heck is this guy? When it couldn't be any further from the truth. But that manufactured hysteria has succeeded in convincing a lot of people uh, that they will never vote for him under any circumstance. That's why opportunities like tonight where you can get on the debate stage and contrast yourself against people they will vote for, okay, kind of helps co-sign Trump. And I think he needs the debate more than the debate needs him. I mean, you could tell me from a rating standpoint it would rate better with Trump than without him 100%. Okay, Trump is a draw. But you understand if the goal is to win the election, okay, then just showing the debate ratings who the boss is isn't going to bring you any closer to actually becoming the boss. He knows what he's talking about. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. One of our newest affiliates this week, KYDT, is out in Pine Haven, Wyoming. Joining us now from across the way, a listener on KROE in Sheridan, Wyoming, Reese is back in the house. Yo, Reese. Mega Equality State dittos to you, my friend. I got three quick points. Point number one. Mm -hmm. uh, You got some Sheridan folks that are disappointed that you're not stopping by on your way out west to Helena, Montana. Ooh, are they close? I'll do it. You don't scare me. Are they close? Yes, yes, it's not that far. So how about you get off your ass and come to the show, Mr. Not That Far? Well, you know, they're sold out, so I'm out of luck. They're not sold out yet. They're not sold out yet, you dirtbag. You better be there. Don't listen listen to the calls. Point number two. All right, yeah, move on. Point number two. Uh, Trump not showing up tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it regrettable for him? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But what an op- point number three is what an opportunity it is for the candidates on the stage tonight. Yup. Whether it be DeSantis or um, the guy from South Carolina. <laughs> Tim like, Scott. We are Tim Scott. If they want to beat Trump, like Red, uh, Red America loves Trump, right? Mm-hmm. But Red America also loves everybody else on that stage. Yep. We want to see what they can bring. And if they want to beat Trump, You know, they're going to have to combine forces. Put a DeSantis and a Tim Scott Mm -hmm. there fighting against uh, Trump, and you probably got a winning ticket. Tim Scott is brilliant. We love that guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. That's what I got to say. Well, he's got a lot of uh, extra stage time coming his way tonight with no Trump on the stage. So for all of these guys, this is a huge opportunity. So I think Reese's analysis holds some merit, although do not listen to him. The Helena Civic Center, Friday night, October the 27th, is not sold out yet. Uh, We do hope and expect it to get there, uh, but that is fake news. Uh, You can still get tickets to that event. It's the Helena Civic Center. And Saturday night, October the 28th, at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls, also going to be a banger. If you're listening out there on KID, come hang out with me and Richard Meacham and have a good time. Joe Lynn will be there. The whole Barnyard Jamboree from the KID staff will be there. You better come hang out. That's the whole point of going on the road. And if you're in Sh- if you're in Sheridan, Wyoming, and you're telling me Helen is not far, 
How about you gas up the car? I think he's got a point. This idea that I've got to deliver to you like I'm some type of comedy dominoes. You wouldn't want to hire me as your dominoes. I'm just going to show up and eat all half your pizza. It's going to be missing from the box when I get there. That's true. That is true. Think about that. And you know who you can blame for this? St. Louis. I've said the call letters of KFTK so many times this week. And I was there this summer. I was filming for Fox. We went to the Hill. It was outrageous. Oh, my. Went to Molly's and had brunch. We went everywhere. It was great. And so all of this stuff is on my mind. And as I'm trying to, like, pull my life together, I got big TV this week. And I'm on Gutfeld tomorrow night. It's got the highest rated late night show in the country. I got to pull it together. Then Friday night I'm in Vegas telling jokes at the Green Valley Ranch. A couple of tickets still available if you want to go. And then Saturday I'm back on the East Coast to host Fox News Saturday night. So I can't be sitting here romanticizing and fantasizing about the hill out in St. Louis, but you guys in your call letters got in my head. I got to go play some Chuck Berry or something to distract me because it is not pretty. But tonight, tonight is gorgeous. It is the beginning of our electoral process. Uh, it's something as a sports fan that I love so much because we are now in the uh, uh, idea battle. We're now in the arena where the candidates are standing toe to toe and sharing their visions for the country. And the one thing every one of them will have in common is that they're all better than Biden's. Bingo. So whoever emerges victorious, okay, is a better option than what we have now. But either way you slice it, it's now or never. Get in the ring and start swinging, gentlemen. Start your engines. The show's over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.